Alrighty, folks, welcome to episode 25 of Tell Me Where to Turn. I am Tommy Lynch. You can find me on Twitter at Tommy2 underscore zero. And tonight, I am joined by two people who have not been adhering to the term indulge moderately. Uh, not so much this afternoon. This evening's been okay. So this is Glenn at uh, Glenn3 underscore 11 on the, uh, on the Twitter. And uh, this is Point Break Dave. Uh, that's Point Break underscore uh, Dave on Twitter. And my uh, indulging has, has just started probably about a few minutes ago waiting, waiting for you guys. So I would say right now my body is 30% Knob Creek <laughs> at this moment. And it can go up as we go on. Have you guys uh, started your own personal whiskey war, or uh, are we all enjoying Knob Creek today? Uh, I think we're Knob Creek, Knob Creek across the board. So, Dave, are you saying like the world is covered by like seventy-five percent water? You're currently filled with thirty percent whiskey. <laughs> that's uh, that's pretty much my best estimate at this moment. Okay. Well, mine has worn off. Uh, any of my indulgence today was at the uh, annual company Christmas party, which is... Well, I was going to ask why you were indulging in Knob Creek on a workday Thursday in the middle of the On day. a nice little Thursday between 11.30 and 3 o'clock today. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we had a... Let me, must be some kind of office to have an open, open bar in the middle of the day. I like that. We had a nice little generic corporate gathering at a Dave and Buster's in the DFW area. So <laughs> not too bad. Not too bad. So how does that work? Uh, how many, how many people are we talking about from your company there? Uh, there was between like 150 and 200 and, uh, probably your, they just give you like a cup, cup full of tokens. Uh, you get like the power card or whatever with like 10 or 20 bucks worth of game value on it but the part that uh, i'm sure you guys would enjoy and probably wish you had some audio or video of was uh your old buddy glenn along with one other person was responsible for essentially emceeing the event oh wow oh no which was <laughs> what kind of event what kind of festivities were were there at this event? well there was just you hosted the dundies essentially <laughs> um uh, we gave away we drew for like gift cards and stuff like that um but there were also generic yeah there were there was like a christmas bingo and a christmas uh some kind of name that christmas carol thing so it was just like emceeing the games and contests themselves and then drawing people's names and you know recognizing who won stuff like that so but but like there were opening and closing remarks and uh, both times, the other person that was helping me, helping me, whatever, um, like in the opening remarks, we discussed like what all we're going to cover. Like she covered everything that was on our list to cover to like kick it off. And then she was like, well, I'll just throw it over to Glenn for a few words and then we'll get started. And I'm just looking at her like, you've covered the entire script that we discussed. I literally have nothing. I basically just pointed out that there was a bar here, so we should have plenty of fun. <laughs> so I came off like an even bigger idiot than people already think. But 
So out of 150 people, am I to assume that the fact that you were handling MC duties means that you are the highest ranking person of all 150? Um, no, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go that far. I was just the highest ranking person in a certain department that was there. If we're going a company wide view, I don't. I don't know if I even get on the medal stand, but I at least make it to the did final. Did you? Uh, did you? have input on the on the games at all and more importantly if you selected the name that tune christmas carols did you choose enter santa <laughs> i really really wish that i could have i i didn't have as much what a callback you know, to last week i didn't have that much <laughs> i didn't really care to provide that much input there it was just more the general idea is that type of game a good idea you know it was a committee of people that put together the specifics, but um, yeah, getting the the fact that I was standing in front of the people having to do that was part of the reason that the whiskey war began to be raged before noon even hit. I even had, you know, like the all I needed was a lit cigarette because I had the drink in hand during the whole the whole thing because we're very casual you needed a couple of knob creeks to get you ramped up to do some public speaking is that what i'm to understand uh, i'd say that's I'd say that's pr pretty accurate i just picture you up there trying to you know give directions and it's like a mixture of just slurred swear words and that's it i tell my legendary story about how i can travel anywhere in this world in 10 minutes <laughs> David Busters was involved in that story, though. Am I not mistaken? Uh, that wasn't was it the uh, point of origination, the old David Busters that's closed down now on Walnut Hill? Uh, yeah, to get specific on location here, but yes, that that infamous phone call slash voicemail was left while I was standing in a David Busters parking lot. So yeah, that would be and be very accurate. What was the exact claim again? You were going to. Drive from there to Plano to get your softball stuff and then to Richardson in less than 10 minutes? <laughs> no, I just made the claim that I could get from S Central Expressway in Walnut Hill to like the northernmost part of Plano in 10 minutes driving in traffic but still having to change into a softball uniform and stop and use the bathroom on the way that I thought 10 <laughs> minutes was ample time to set aside. Needless to say, I one showed the, up in the third inning. <laughs> one of the more ridiculous claims you've ever made. It's Now that is on the medal stand for <laughs> for that. So, But otherwise, it was fairly uneventful. We've had some, through, through the history of the company that I work for, We've had some interesting scenarios pl play out at company parties and Christmas parties. A a big player in my early days there, and I've been happily married for the vast majority of the time that I was there, but there used to be a large population of the 22 to 28-year-old singles that worked in our company in our office. And when alcohol starts to flow... Thing, things start to happen, and there's at least... I, I feel like the life cycle arc of the company Christmas party is 
they keep going and going until the year they decide, you know what, we don't serve alcohol at these anymore. Yeah. And I guess you guys haven't got there yet. Not yet, because there, I know there was... Uh, Something so shocking happens that they go, they have a meeting of the execs and they say, you know what, we're not doing alcohol anymore at this thing. Yeah, there was one year where, I don't know, at least a couple of people exchanged some body, bodily fluid at the Christmas party. Like in a back room. At, at Dave & Buster's. It wasn't at Dave & Buster's. I think it was, uh, I don't know. It was some place that had a ball a ballroom that was able to be uh, rented, and it was in like some side closet storage area, from what I heard. They weren't just sp- sprawled out on the, the lane of ski ball as some little kids <laughs> trying to get tickets out. <laughs> and he's like, you're not getting your tickets out of there, buddy. <laughs> Whoa. So oh, that's man. just yeah, that's the uh, Christmas party story I had for you. Well, I uh, I used to work at a place. This was a long time ago in in Deep Ellum, and it was it was uh, it was almost like kind of like a. I worked at an ad advertising company, but it was kind of the where the office was located was kind of this almost hippie commune type situation where there was this courtyard in the middle with volleyball courts and park benches and then around the perimeter was all these eclectic businesses and and i mean real eclectic like there was a a guy that made quilts and he had a storefront and that's what he did and he also did some other things in there too that probably more popular in like denver or seattle but they yeah they decided to have a uh uh complex christmas party one year uh and they thought it'd be a great idea so they they catered some food out in the uh, in the middle, and one of the other companies was a modeling studio. And uh, yeah, Quilt Man definitely took a young lady into the modeling studio and thought uh, thought it would be a good idea to go ahead and, and exchange some bodily fluids, and didn't realize the fact that uh, everybody else out of the Christmas party could totally see in the huge windows in front of the building. All right. Oh, wow. Way to go, Quilt Man. But we always looked at uh, Quilt Man with a lot more respect after that day. He got a knowing nod every time. Yeah, and, and that, that was probably after about 30 Coronas for Quilt Man. Mm. <laughs> well, uh, I haven't uh, had our company Christmas party yet. That's taking place tomorrow night, actually. And... um. In light of recent events, I I see it going one of two ways. So, last week, I worked for a fairly small company. Uh, we were right around uh, 30 people. They don't even have a football team. <laughs> they, they don't. <laughs> we it's don't even have team. a basketball team. Basketball team. <laughs> oh, dang it. Yeah. Sorry. I messed that up. I'll, I'll fix it in editing. And, uh, yeah, last, uh, last Wednesday... They came in, and out of those 30 people, they went ahead and laid off 12 of them. All what right. we like to call right before Christmas. Mer- mm. Merry Christmas, everybody. Exactly. So, was it, your, was it your job to call the venue for the Christmas party and kind of reduce the booking a little bit? <laughs> well, Thank- I, well, I really need tables for like 20 now instead of 30. Thankfully, no. They were also like, yeah, if we could just maybe... No, we don't need like twenty plates. Maybe we can just get like eight and kind of share, <laughs> cut cut costs a little bit. 
But would it, it be this, this was a this was a, obviously a cost cutting move then. Oh yes. So at this point, would you be completely shocked if whatever venue you show up tomorrow for the party, if you know on the 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 food and beverage table, there's just like some gallons of sweet tea and just a pile of Jack in the Box tacos that you'll just <laughs> have to sort through. Better a better question is, would Dave enjoy it more if that was the case? <laughs> I'd totally be on board with that, honestly. But I think I'm. I believe that the party was booked far enough in advance that that's all good. But if I uh, showed up at work and there was just a padlock on the door, I wouldn't be terribly surprised. <laughs> so these poor these poor twelve people walk in. Was there any whispers or rumblings before it started, or was this just out of the blue three weeks before Christmas? They think everything's fine, and then wham. Uh yeah, I think pretty much everyone was was blindsided by it. I am in not Glenn level, but I am somewhat in a position of leadership. So I knew something was coming, but um, some of the uh, some of the twelve were also people in positions of leadership, so they didn't they weren't really transparent with it. Um. So yeah, but it was it was a weird day, man. If uh, if there's any fans of the great HBO show Hard Knocks, it was very much like uh, the sad last episode every season where they have cut day and all the players are working out and there's just a random coach that comes over and tells them they get cut and it's real uh, real uncomfortable. Everyone's real tense. That's basically how it went down. There was, you know rumors start flying like oh this guy just got let go and then you'd see uh you see a a boss walk down the hall and go in someone's office and then they'd walk by your office and you're like are they stopping what are they doing they're gonna keep going it was a it was one of the more tense tense days at work i've had in a while wow that that's that's terrible it wasn't handled well well, it doesn't sound like it, but since you had at least some inkling that this was going on, would we agree that like the different levels of career success and leadership is like at one rung of the ladder, you're you're kind of aware that layoffs are happening, and then like three rungs above that, you're emceeing a Christmas karaoke at Dave and Buster's? Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> My experience is the with those situations, it's typically only the individual at the very top that really knows what's about to happen because they're not going to lay off themselves and uh, (laughs) everybody else is fair game so what's funny is when that person has to do all the dirty work and then somebody comes and gets them afterwards that's that's really that's big sorriness though yeah but hey it's called the way it is but i've i've only been a part of of one ish as a leader and and i i pretty much only knew about it i didn't have to participate and then as a uh as a minion i was a part a part of one but i wasn't there when it happened i just came back and they were like so you may notice that all the other desks close to your desk are empty now but hey don't worry it's over everything's gonna be fine and then that company was bankrupt and out of business within a month and a half but so you don't uh you haven't had to you haven't had to have the conversation with someone that their job has been eliminated. 
No, I have not. I have not. I have I have been in meetings where as a leadership team we talked about who would need to go, but I've never had to deliver the news. It's cuz I've experienced the uh I think all all possible responses cuz I've experienced the employee beginning to to cry. I've experienced the one that cusses me and the company out. Um, it's always a classy way to go out. Yeah, the disbelief, and as well as the person who's close enough to retirement that this is the greatest thing that's ever happened, and they either stand up and just shake your hand or give you a hug. So, and you some you usually know what to expect, but the ones where you think somebody, eh, that's probably more along the lines of just regular terminations where you think that they should expect it and then their response is just complete shock that you would be letting them go those are the those are the toughest ones so well i think i think that is very indicative of the people that deserve to be terminated is that they're they're so clueless about how bad their performance is that when you tell them they just are in complete disbelief that this is happening and and yet you've given them every sign for the last six months that things aren't going well, and and then when it actually comes time to drop the hammer, they they couldn't be more surprised. Yep, I think that's uh, so. It's kind of personality. So question. Had, <laughs> okay. I, I was gonna I was gonna say I mean this takes it a little bit of a different direction, but I, I'd like I'd be interested to know maybe not a termination conversation, but have you ever had to have a just a difficult conversation with an employee about something they were doing because i had one of those about two months ago that was pretty funny well basically had a had a guy pulling the george costanza on me sleeping under his desk literally brought a pillow and blanket to work and was caught sleeping under his desk wow that's hardcore and i had to talk to him about it and it was really like talk about a conversation that's hard to have with a straight face dave do, do you have anybody that reports to you uh, yes, yes, I do. Uh, thankfully, that person is still employed. Um, but I did have uh, one of the other uh, managers uh, that I'm friends with. He had a real awkward situation where he had basically been telling his team when it started going down that, hey, you know, you're all good, it's fine. And then the man at the very top called him in and basically no discussion you have to go let this person go so after telling his team they were all fine about an hour later he had to go and fire one of them wow yeah Yeah. so how do you how do you broach that conversation well you know what i said an hour ago that was a joke yeah it was it was bad and what's going to be weird is like i said tomorrow's the christmas party and it's usually a really good time uh you know they give away a bunch of trips they uh i have won multiple trips to exotic locations at past christmas parties and uh yeah so i'm not sure i think as far as i know they're still doing all that but it's either going to be everyone's looking around thinking man we're all here enjoying an open bar and free stuff well, uh, you know, the, uh, ever, uh, the, oh, what's the guy in the Christmas Carol? Ebenezer Bob, Bob Scrooge? Cratchit? No, Bob the poor Cratchit. family. <laughs> yeah. 
all our, all our coworkers <laughs> are sitting there with like the little tiny turkey and no presents and tiny tiny and Tim. Yeah. Or it could Wouldn't go it be kind of fun for the dynamic if you just invited everybody back that had just been let go just for one last uh, time <laughs> with the company. You think that that'd go well? Open that up the Knob be, Creek a little early. That would be terrible. But I kind of think just talking to people, I think it may go the exact opposite way. Like everyone I'm talking to is like, "Oh man, I'm getting an Uber. I'm gonna drink and just make all the pain go away." And it could just celebrate that they're still there and just just tear it up, man. It's gonna Yolo. be crazy. I'll have to report back on what actually what actually happens. So speaking of that, we do have at least one email on the topic of Christmas or holiday parties. So Gustav sent us an Excellent. email. Um, so here we go. It says, first off, congratulations on recording two weeks in a row. Yeah, it's a big, uh, big accomplishment for us. Man, that is a real a-hole way to start an email i'm just gonna throw that out there <laughs> so small company christmas parties in the 903 area code can get really weird uh mrs gustav worked for a small company where the owner had risen financially from poor red redneck to well-off redneck but she still had her redneck family and friends now rednecks aren't necessarily bad they are just rednecks now before i go further let me just is say... Is this Ethan Couch's family? Uh, no, I, well, there's no pictures yet. Okay, because it sounds very familiar so far. I just want to say that this is... All these are the opinions and references made by one Gustav Monteblanc, and those offended by the term rednecks, I apologize, but you'll need to take it and up how do him. we get a hold of how do we get a hold of Gustav on Twitter if we want to express our displeasure? Uh, tweet at RealGustav. Okay. Um, so where were we? Okay, so this party was open bar, and by the end of the night, there had been some drunken boobs flashed, followed by laughter by all. Then things got weird. I think things may have gotten already weird before that. But, <laughs> so things got were, were weird. Were any boobs flashed at Dave and Buster's today? Uh, no, nothing of nothing of the sort. Okay, so yes, I would agree. Things have already gotten weird. Yeah, so then things got weird when a scrawny redneck friend of the owner's husband, trace that family tree, got out in the middle of the dance floor and whipped out his flaccid dingus. (laughs) All right. Now, I like this next (laughs) statement. No one wants to see an unexpected wiener. (laughs) 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 Least of all this dude. So that was pretty much the end of that Christmas party in the 903. And it says, Merry Christmas from the Can You Hear Me crew. So Merry Christmas back to you guys. And I think this story kind of echoes what you mentioned earlier, Tommy, of uh, you serve alcohol to the point of something completely insane happening, and then you just decide, yeah, we're just going to have this thing in office and just offer like Coke and lemonade. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, it, well, that company I mentioned earlier, that was the one and only Christmas party that ever happened. Quilt, Quilt Man was never invited back, and, and we never served alcohol again after that. Do you think we could get Do Quilt we? Man on here? <laughs> Man, I'll tell you what. That I think I bet that would be a riot if we get Quilt Man on here. He, he, uh, he kind of looked like Boris said... <laughs> a I think that's a reference that, most people get. <laughs> a reference that no one listening will get. You could. I don't he even. He literally. 
he literally okay he literally looked exactly like boris said look at google it google so, boris said that's who he looked like yeah so google boris course, said, I know, road course road course specialist part-time xfinity driver boris said and kj can google <laughs> boris said nude as he's uh prone to do i didn't uh i don't get a lot of your references because uh last episode and i will give tommy credit for this for a guy who claims he never listens to or follows the pantera genre of music he seemed to know quite a bit about dimebag daryl and the fact that his brother was also in the band because i had no idea yeah vinnie paul vinnie paul who doesn't know that you see when you when i heard that i started googling uh dimebag daryl's brother ozzy because I just assumed all famous brothers I didn't know were named Ozzy. Oh. And that's no, a real callback. Nothing wow. came up. By the way, that's a callback to our most listened to episode ever, too. Who knew there was an Ozzy Canseco? Yeah, Who most knew? listened to episode of Tell Me Where to Turn to date. Wow, that's amazing. No, but I literally had to. I had to call Glenn after we got done recording and was like, hey... It'd be funny if our intro song was a Pantera song. Can you tell me the name of any Pantera song? <laughs> that was the extent I know. And really, the only reason I knew what about the Dimebag Daryl had a brother is because they talk about it on the ticket because he owns like a strip club in Arlington or something really weird. But there's been like shootings and stuff there. Wasn't and that's wasn't that's it? that's the only reason I even knew that was the thing. Wasn't it a uh, Pantera that wrote the? That terrible Dallas Stars song that they always played. That is not a terrible song. That is a great song. And weren't they the ones that had the the uh, big party? Yeah, I think Luds was friends with them, Yeah, and they dented the Stanley Cup. They threw it out the window. It went into the bottom of the pool. Yeah, that was... Was it Vinnie Paul's house? Yeah. So that was added... So that was pre-Dimebag Daryl death. Yes, the Stars Way won the Stanley pretty. Cup before Dimebag Daryl was dead. That's correct. Okay. Well, I just want to... Well, at least he, at least he lived to see that, you know? I yeah. Mean, I mean, those are two days to be... Two dates to be remembered and celebrated. I guess Maybe you don't remember celebrated. that they were... That the two of them were in the Stars Championship Parade playing that song, like, over and over on a flatbed trailer. I don't. I remember watching that parade. You could probably. That was when, uh, I'm guessing you could YouTube that footage. I just remember everybody had the sign Verbeek signs out there because they knew contract was up, and they wanted the Beaker back for another year. Could have changed everything. Could have changed it all. By the way, should I? Uh, since apparently the listening public's real offended, should we? Break in for a quick uh, Seahawks Rams update, or uh, just keep going. I think we should. Well, hey, they're showing a commercial right now for the Amazon Echo Dot. Yes. And I got one of those as a Christmas gift. I have no idea what to do with it. Do you guys have one of those things? No. Is that the thing that you can talk to, and it like gives you information? I mean, it seems like the most pointless thing in the world like unless i'm really missing something obvious it seems like everything it does you would just want to do on your phone so like if you is it on right now no i haven't even opened it i'm thinking about regifting oh, okay. it or so, taking it back i, I can't I figure you. out why i would want to open it and use it i mean i was just wondering if it was on if you could turn and just say 
who is Boris said, and then if it would if it would tell you, or if they're like a hologram, Boris said would be standing in the room next to you. The hologram pops and out and shows you his wiener. <laughs> I would love yeah. I, I would love to have ten or fifteen minutes to chat with the hologram. Boris said, I've "Got lots of questions." It it, it shows you its unexpected <laughs> wiener on Amazon Echo Talk. Uh, that was brought up as a we were trying to decide on a present for my uh my wife's grandfather and her and her brothers were talking about potential gift ideas and one of them mentioned an Amazon Echo and the guy's like mid eighties and it's like seriously we could probably come up with a cheaper way to just confuse him endlessly. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, like that would be literally the worst <laughs> gift possible for someone that age. You could probably just give him like a hockey puck and tell him it's an Amazon Echo Dot. <laughs> he can just <laughs> randomly yell incoherence at it. Yeah. Well, the Amazon, the the one I got's the cheaper one, the Dot. And apparently, it doesn't have a speaker. So I thought you were going to say it just like, gives you wrong information. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like instead of instead of like looking stuff up on on Google, it, it goes to uh, what what was that? Uh, Ask, Ask Jeeves. Jeeves or, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but it, it what it, it has the microphone, so you can ask it questions. Then it has like a like a lo-fi speaker that'll give you like the weather and stuff. But the, I think the the full price Amazon Echo, which is like two hundred bucks, has like a legitimate you know sound system where it'll play you know play music and be a little bit more of a media hub where this one you've got to connect it by bluetooth to um to a, another kind of a speaker sound system or something so it would be but i mean literally like other than like what's the weather going to be like today or yeah can can you give me boris said's phone number <laughs> <laughs> or boris said dick pics i you know i don't know like and it doesn't so, have a screen, so it'd have to like describe it to me. It couldn't really like show me. It'd be like, well, yeah, you know, it's smooth and <laughs> round, unexpectedly hairy. <laughs> the whole thing is just unexpected. Uh, so you mentioned holograms. Can I make a quick uh, movie recommendation to you guys? Well, Dave won't watch it because we've been trying to get him to watch Planes and Trains for three months. Yeah, but yeah please make one. Hey Dave, remember Planes, Trains, and Automobiles? That that doesn't even sound like a real movie. No. Okay, so I uh, subjected myself to an Andy Samberg movie that came out, I think it was earlier this year, may have been late 2015, but it's kind of a, a mockumentary, if you will. And it's called uh, Pop Star Never Stop Stopping. I've heard good things. He, it is, if if you watch that Seven Days in Hell, the thing he had on HBO, yeah, it's which very was much along the same very line funny. of humor. Very, yeah. I, I enjoyed that. So he he plays his, uh, I guess stage name is Connor for real, <laughs> and he's kind of a I don't know rapper slash pop artist or whatever but the whole basically what he thing, does in lonely island uh yeah more or less um this only gives away one part of the movie but it's like one of his performances like he's performing and then there's a hologram of like adam levine next to him 
next to the real one and then it like pans back and forth and then it's him and then it's just holograms of connor for real like all the way across the stage there's like 40 of them all at the same time so uh it's pretty pretty genius now if you don't think andy sandberg is funny then don't watch a second of it because you'll hate literally the entire thing but um it gets the uh it gets the glenn four star recommendation i will check that out seven days in hell the Dave, you never watched that though, right? I told you to watch it, but you never watched it. No, I that's did the not. tennis one. Yeah, I have Which, not watched with it. The 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 encore sex scene is still one of the most shocking. <laughs> I, I think that's even uh, outdone by the the reenactment of the prison escape. <laughs> if you remember that, yes. There, that movie Talk about was unexpected just, wiener. Yes, that movie was just filled with so much just shock, shock value content. It was amazing. Oh, but speaking of yes. TV, I have a confession to make to you two. I don't know how you guys are going to feel about this, but um, now I have a little bit of heads up on this, and I'm just going to encourage you to speak your mind because you are in. You are in a safe space. You've got the safety pin on for me here. I I have it. I just I just put it on to my uh, my hoodie that I've got on here. Well, I know Dave doesn't know this, so I'll I'll share with you guys. But um, I am twenty one episodes into a TV show that I'm watching on Netflix with the uh, woman I'm currently living with. Uh, it's about I don't know seven eight years old now but uh i am enjoying for the first time the high school football drama friday night lights with good old coach taylor i and the great tim riggins and tim riggins yes and i he is not a good actor are we in agree on that Oh yeah, I mean he—he's—he's he's a terrible. He's not actor. a very good actor, and he's playing kind of a moron in, as well. So yes, I think that just accentuates the the fact that he's not a really good uh, actor. I don't really think he's there for acting. I think he's there for abs. Yeah, he's no, he's there for abs and sultry looks at the camera. But I I really feel like even if you just think about how our society has progress progressed in the last seven or eight years i don't think they could make that show today because there's just so much things that happen in that show that that get completely overlooked or in most cases glorified you know not the least of which is is odd sexual teen sexual stuff between teens and adults that's completely overlooked well before we i want to get in to that and then one other episode that i think you've that you mentioned it so i know you've seen it and it was the one that was almost the deal breaker for me but dave did we get did we get your reaction to the fact that tommy's watching this show i i mean or do you have a reaction all all i have is my my knowledge of the show which is not based on anything actual because i've never watched an episode but in my mind, essentially, Tommy just told us he is watching Dawson's Creek. <laughs> it's not that no, bad. I would say... And that is tempting me not, to float down Knob Creek even more. 
It's it's not to that extent. There's a little bit of that kind of vibe and almost uh, going way back like to the 90210 days. There's some that type of vibe to that show as well. But it's I don't know. It's pretty good. And I don't think with the exception of one episode the the football scenes and stuff are typically pretty well done for a what was a network show. Yeah, but as they well. throw the ball way too much for high school football at that level. Can I ask this? Uh percentage-wise, how much of the show is either on the field football or related to football and how much is just like teenage angst? It seems to follow a pretty standard formula, which is about the first 60 or 70 percent of the show is just the most ridiculous teen angst, just bizarre stuff. And then it always ends with that week's football game. So I would say probably two thirds of it angst, one third football. Sounds like they need more football. Yeah, and it might that might the balance of that might change a little bit as it goes along from what I remember. Yeah. Now, the, well, the I want to same... hear about what made you what made you almost bail before you got past where I am now. Okay, so first, the same woman that's roped you into watching this was the one that got me to binge watch it like four years ago. She could be persuasive. Yeah. So, um, what does that mean? Now, my back. Uh, I think well, it's different for all of us, <laughs> definition-wise. But it's actually um, not. <laughs> it's the exact same. Oh, oh, what did I miss? Um, so, just Friday Night Lights in general. I read the actual book when I was in high school and watched the movie that came out before this TV show. So I had some, you know, knowledge of the true story and what this would loosely be based on. So I had some interest there. Um, I just never watched it when it was actually on for whatever reason and uh then I started watching it and I I liked it but I didn't love it but then I've I've watched the whole thing and it's it's a definite thumbs up for the you know as a whole as a series but Tom you have seen the season 1 episode where they're in the playoffs and uh they can't decide them and the other team they can't agree on where they're going to play a playoff game well, yeah, so you, you forgot creative. that they they were supposed to have the game at home at Dillon Panther Stadium, but there was a chemical spill, and the uh, police decided that it was unsafe to be anywhere near the field so that they, yeah, they had to find a new venue for the uh, state semifinals. So, okay, so first off, if you will, you can search on the internet – on microfiche or whatever you want, if you can find where a team has played a state semifinal game on their home field, I will gladly hand you a crisp $1 bill for free because I don't think that and has that happened. Plot, and that plot hole is even magnified because Coach Taylor is adamant, like, this is a home game for us because when they're looking at other places to have it, you know, neutral site stadiums that are all look perfectly fine, he's like, no, 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 we're not giving up a home game here. And yeah, it's the state semifinals. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. So then it gets worse, though, when the solution is we can't decide where we're going to play. So we just spot some open pasture somewhere 
let's take the team out to Home Depot and let's basically build our own field and bleachers and put up lights and everything like in the course of two days. All right. Oh yeah, and uh, and I and I and I'm sure you don't remember this because it was a pretty nuanced plot point that I don't I, I imagine doesn't go anywhere, but. There was a little bit of a scandal where Buddy Garrity may have been putting some money in players' lockers. Uh, so Coach Taylor's having to deal with that at the same time while operating a post hole digger for the goalpost. <laughs> <laughs> so he's having this very impassioned speech about uh, not not taking money and, and violating state uh, regulations while he's just slamming this uh, post hole digger in to get the uh, <laughs> get the goalpost set before game time. So they're not only state semifinalists in football; they're also professional landscapers. Oh apparently. yeah, and, and, and they, a bunch of willing and able sixteen, seventeen, eighteen-year-olds to even doing this, as opposed to saying what a normal kid of that age would be like. There's no way I'm doing this. I play football. I don't dig holes and level the ground. And they gloss over completely on the on the visit to Home Depot. They you know they get some sand to level the ground, and they get some chalk to uh, put the lines out there. But they completely gloss over like buying the two complete regulation goalposts. Like where where do you come up with those on a two hours notice? Do, you know, does is that what like in the aisle ninety in the back, or you know how does that work? Is that askjeeves.com? Apparently so. Maybe they, maybe they asked their Amazon Echo Dot. So where they could get two full-size goalposts. And they're set perfectly. Like when the, when they show the field right before game time, you know, you expect us to believe in that, that day that the coach and the kids uh, were able to put this together. And, it, you know, it looks, you know, it looks like uh, NFL quality. The goalposts are perfectly straight. Everything's, you know, everything's ready to roll. Did the, did the game end by the home team triumphing after kicking an oblong pigskin through a giant H? <laughs> <laughs> uh it was most exhilarating <laughs> Man, least, it, that game had all the cliches got that's, it right that's, this time that's when the huge thunderstorm hit and the referees wanted to call the game off at halftime when it was tied because the that was just raining too hard and both teams just they they wanted to get back to the fundamentals and play the game out and uh the uh, original quarterback who's now paralyzed and in a wheelchair was on the sideline. And then he starts giving the new quarterback some advice and leads him to try. Oh, it was very inspirational. Well, they want to finish the game. Ended, they, they just spent a week building a stadium. <laughs> yeah. They spent an hour and a half constructing an entire field. So I think it ended, they kicked a field goal and then the ball flew and like, hit the light standard and knock the lights out and then all the players just <laughs> ran just around the circle. Down. Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly how it ended. Oh, oh but it's it, very it, original ending. I we're we're so blowing we're blowing through these episodes pretty fast. So I think what I'm gonna do is just briefly every few podcasts I'm gonna give a just a brief update on where we're at. But Yeah, couple, we're gonna institute a five a five minute limit from now yes. on. But I, I will tell you that it, it gets it gets better and less cheesy as it goes along well i think couple, season couple one of things, may have been the worst season well that's that's interesting because usually shows like that especially network shows they they have a premise that really only has legs for one season like prison break <laughs> that first season was great it. though 
Yeah, and then they go, oh, crap, we've got to do three more of these. Like, well, I guess we have to put them back in a different prison so they can get out again. But uh, but no, the, 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 the teen adult sex is very disturbing. And the, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the unbelievable access to alcohol for all the teens is also seemingly well, hard got, to believe. You've got s- some of them that like don't live with parents. They just live with their older brother. Yeah, Tim Riggins lives with his older and brother and his 30-year-old neighbor moved in and they're having like a full-on romance and it's not being treated as like creepy statutory rape, although she even says during one of their arguments like, I could never be with you. You're 17. Did they... Okay. So they actually said he was 17? They said he was 17. Yeah. It's unbelievable. And then and then the uh, girl that you like, and I'm blanking on her name, but the blonde... Yeah, I think it's Tara. Tara. It's or, Tara yeah, on the show? I think it is Tara. But, uh, but yeah, like some oil man comes into town to, you know, check on the wells and strolls into Applebee's where she's working and yeah, they just go back to the hotel. No big deal. And again, I'll just tell you when it, very when it involves her involving her, it's just uh tip of the iceberg. There, there are bigger things to, uh, well, to arrive a on of that big show. Things. There's no doubt about that. Is she a vampire? <laughs> that just sounds like the way this show is going. No, there's no vampiring. I'm trying to remember why we had Dave on the show. Comments like that. It was it was supposed to be for, for support, not to heckle us from <laughs> from row sixty eight. It's unbelievable. All the all the listeners are wondering why we've talked about Friday Night Lights, a show that's no longer aired for the last <laughs> thirty minutes. I think they've actually just been hitting that advance fifteen seconds <laughs> on their phone until. They hear no mention of it. They like they like hit it like six or seven times. And they're thinking like, okay, well, surely they're still not going to be talking about it. Oh no, I think the Rams just picked off in the end zone. That's not good. That yeah, is not good. They're begging for more sports updates right now. <laughs> well, should we stop real quick and mention our sponsor, UncleRogersPicks.com? Uh, Definitely. Would we? Would uh, well, we say, I think you just did. As long as you don't like betting on basketball. Uh, a really good resource for sports betting info. If you if you like betting on basketball, don't play any of the picks. That that's pretty much pretty much what we could say at this point. So your your live sports update is that interception in the end zone was ruled incomplete. Oh, it was. I'm, I'm so still looking at the replay. Uncle Uncle Rogers uh, takes Seattle minus the fifteen and a half. Still, at least looks possible right now. Oh, I think it's very possible. We'll continue with live updates. It may seem impossible, but I think it's going to happen. <laughs> there it is. Had to, it was a, it was a stretch, but I had to get there. So I wanted to. Uh, you guys talked about I think it was email based the other day about uh, Christmas. Uh, I think it was animated or claymation shows. You guys yeah. have any uh, Christmas traditions? Like you always go to a certain whatever play or tree lighting or concert or anything like that? Hmm. I go to church, Dave. Well, <laughs> that's a, that's a good thing wow. to do. I, I, 
I would like to see what Uncle Roger's pick says about that statement right there, but I will take the under. <laughs> You're taking minus 15 and a half on that? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah, if the line was at church attendance per month and it was set at one and a half, I'd take the under, I think. That is a shot directly made at me. But Shot across the um, aisle. Yeah, I don't... The only I don't know that I do something every single year. There's certainly not a. I, I can tell you, there's no way there's a play I'm going to see <laughs> for any reason whatsoever. Since since we've I had our kids, since we've had our kids, I've we've gone to the, the same place to do the requisite photo with Santa every year. I mean, that's about as close to a tradition as it gets, and is trying to try to replicate that every year and and uh you know uh, but uh, you know other than other than that um nothing nothing formalized beyond that well uh young one of the worst christmas experiences for young dave centers around a uh not a tradition in my family but a family tradition of the uh the young lady that young dave was dating at the time and uh we're gonna go ahead and tell this story that surely will make all of you think uh that i'm less of a man than you do right now but we're gonna go ahead and tell it anyways be hard but go ahead so uh the lead up is uh i was supposed to this uh and this is high school age, and the girl I was dating, her family had the tradition that they went and saw the Nutcracker at the Bass Hall in Fort Worth every year. Now, set the uh, set the visual for us here. Is this girl out? Of, have you outkicked your coverage here, or are you guys playing in the same league? Where are we at with this? I would say. I mean, young Dave certainly thought of himself as a first-round pick, but may have been, may have been uh, a little out of my league. Okay. So yeah, I picture after this relationship that that Dave was definitely relegated down from the the premiership <laughs> down to the the champion le- championship league. Very, and this is is this somebody that you're still in contact with today? This is not the not the woman that you're currently fouling. <laughs> Uh, Whoa! Hey, touchdowns! Touchdown Seahawks, guys! Breaking news. All that right. uh, that is not quite the cover, but we're getting close. We still got plenty of time. Uh, All right, let's go back to this uh, girl that abused <laughs> you. <laughs> no, this uh, I w- to answer Tommy's question. Don't really keep in contact, although on good terms. Oh, don't really. I mean, yeah, really. <laughs> so. So young Dave is supposed to uh, meet this girl and her family at their house at, it was a, like a afternoon show. So I'm supposed to meet them at two to go to Bass Hall. We're all going to, we're all going to go together. So. Uh, and see what? And see the Nutcracker. The Nutcracker. Oh, I'm sorry. I guess I missed that. I, 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 I had a, are you, had a Glenn moment Are there. you watching Friday Night Live Lights while podcast? podcasting 
<laughs> By the way, that's the, no- the Knob Creek effects there. <laughs> He's getting a little slurry, but go ahead. Okay, so, um, so, uh, young Dave, uh, time wasn't really a, a big, uh, big thing he kept in mind. So he was doing something important, most likely drinking surge straight from the two liter and watching jackass were you doing the something about mary to get prepped for the <laughs> date i was not <laughs> i was not doing that but anyways were you wearing your were you wearing your alien ant farm hoodie <laughs> I, to the bass hall <laughs> i was wearing a, a a brand new sweatshirt and jinkos most likely oh my gosh so dave lo- loses track of time and, you know, uh, looks up and's like, you know, I'm I'm super running late. And to make it even worse, her uh, like I knew the family somewhat well, but her dad was a uh, what is known as a Vietnam veteran. And uh, young young Dave was very intimidated by him. He was he was kind of a gruff dude, and. So I'm running out of the house because I don't want to be late and and upset her dad. So getting uh getting my car and you know flying her she lived maybe 15 minutes away flying over there. As soon as I pull out of the driveway, I realize that the uh, the massive amounts of surge I drink are now making a trip to the bathroom somewhat imminent. So I think, all right, I don't have, I don't want, I don't want to be late arriving, but I can get to her house, go in, use the bathroom, no problem. So Dave, you know, flies up, locks up the brakes, slides to the stop in front of her house, jump out. The entire family's already in the car with it running, waiting oh. for me. <laughs> Is the vet dad driving? The vet dad is driving and gives me... I can't believe he didn't leave you. Gives me the biggest go-to-hell look that you could give a punk kid. So... Well, yeah, I'm sure he's looking forward to walking in, you know, five minutes into the uh, opening song of uh, the Nutcracker with with you. Oh, there's no doubt. That's what exactly what he's thinking. So... Well, let me let me just say for one thing, take Dave out of the picture. How excited is he in general just to be going to see the Nutcracker? <laughs> oh, I'm sure there's he no way it. he's on board with this. He he was just sitting there thinking, "I've seen combat, you moron." <laughs> <laughs> so, so and let me let me say like the the bathroom need is is very very uh, extreme at this point, but. You know, I, I can't ask him to turn off the car, give me the keys, let me run in the house, so whatever. Yeah, but you can just go, go at Bass Hall. It's not that far, I'm assuming. No. So jump in the car. We get there. Of course, you know, you got to find a place to park in the parking garage there, which when you're you're about to, about to have a problem seems like it took forever. So we get out, and, and Vet Dad is... Vet Dad is in a huge hurry because, like Tommy mentioned, he doesn't want to walk in after the lights go dark. So, and it's a it's a big party. There's probably 
uh, it was a big family. I think there may have been friends of the other kids as well. So there's probably 10, 12 of us. And the dad's like way out in front of everyone just speed walking to their seats. (laughs) And he has all the tickets, right? Oh, no. So I'm kind of looking for a bathroom, but I'm thinking, man, I can't. I can't leave the party here because then I don't know where they're sitting. I won't be able to get in. So we get up there and we walk in as it's going dark. And he's standing at the aisle, like forcibly pushing all the kids like into the aisle to get to their seats and sit down. So if you've ever been to Bass Hall, like the, uh, the rows up in the balcony where we are, I mean, they have to be 40 seats wide, and we're dead in the middle of it. Oh, no. So I get ushered into there, and I sit down. I'm like, all right, I'm going to sneak out here in about a minute. Well, we got a full row. We got Vet Dad a few seats over on my left, and a few seats over on the right, we have a group of uh, mentally disabled uh, children. So I don't really want a disturbance by going that way. I don't want to crawl over vet dad. So I decide, hey, we're just gonna we're just gonna ride this out to intermission. Like there's no other way I can get through this, which was a bad move given the uh, urgency. But whatever, we're gonna make it happen. So I'm following along in my program, trying to figure out what stupid song they are and how far we are from intermission. So we uh, finally have no idea how, but got the will to win and made it to intermission. So I'm (laughs) jumping over seats at this point to get out of there. (laughs) Pushing pushing old women over. Surging to the bathroom. Get out, find the way. Of course, you get to the bathroom, there's a line, whatever. Stand in line. And it's it's one of, I mean, it's probably the most, like, packed bathroom I've ever been in outside of, like, you know, a stadium. So you get in there. So at Bass Hall, do they have the trough? (laughs) They do not have the trough. Get in there. Oh, I figured the Bass Bass Brothers were a nine-year-old taking a dump in it. Get in there. Figured the Bass Brothers would have sprung for the trough. Surprised. With some ice. (laughs) Get in there. Finally get my turn. Get up to the urinal. And not sure why. Maybe it was the fact that there was like... Stage fright? There was people like literally standing behind me. Complete stage fright. Like... Oh my... Oh no. Could not go. But, like I said, like, I need to go, right? Like, I know that there's no way I can make it through the rest of the show. So, I get the plan of, hey, like, after standing there for a while, not happening, going to walk out, wait for things to die down, come back in, try again, right? So, as I'm walking out, Vet Dad had also gone in the bathroom behind me. So he walks out with me. Like, puts his arm, like, on my back. It's like, 
hey, you know, something funny to see you here, but he's seen me walking out now. So I can't turn around now, right? And totally... I mean, you could, but... Yeah. I think at this point, it's time to come clean, yeah. Nope. Young Dave... Or Pete, at least. Young Dave went all the way back and sat through the whole second half of that thing. Oh. Did he wash his... Did he wash his hand before he put it on your back? <laughs> There's really no way to know. But, oh, yeah. Okay. What? By far you the know, worst Christmas ever, moment ever. If you're ever in that bathroom situation that there's even like a thought in the back of your mind that there's too many people around or people will be standing too close to you at the old uh, urinal I think the safe play is just to wait for the stall no matter what that's what uh that's what I should have done without a doubt yeah plus if you just sit down it's less likely you're gonna drip you know I'm worried about you Tommy Oh, am I the only one yeah. whose, whose wife tells him that? Man. Uh, There's been too many revelations from Tommy today. She seems to be giving you too much advice. Too you much in the, in the way of direction. Well, I've got yeah, one more. I want to pull back a little bit there. One more One more funny. This is a, a short one, but I, I one more funny Christmas work party story that I had forgotten about until... Uh, yeah. Well, I, I mean, Dave's story was as long as the Nutcracker, so. <laughs> but worth it. Wow, I'm I'm hurting just thinking about that story. But no, we... Well, uh, just drinking Surge just kind of makes me hurt a little bit. <laughs> I was there. I was doing the same thing with my Sum 41 t-shirt. <laughs> Boy, you, you've, been, uh, you've been running through the roster of 90s punk bands. <laughs> Uh, what about uh, MXPX or Blink-182? Well, I mean, obviously. I think they Good go Charlotte. Good, good Charlotte, more like kind of average Green Day. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, listen, Green Day is probably one of the worst bands in America. I mean, the Foo Fighters and Green Day are probably two of the worst bands in America, and I will fight anyone who wants to argue that point. They're, I can't think of two worst bands, honestly. Touchdown, Seattle. Wow, you're, you uh, must be way ahead of me. Like, I'm just, he's just now airing it out. There we go. That's covering. Well, maybe that 80 inch TV you have has a lag in it to power all those pixels. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm watching it in 4K. I don't know what you guys are doing, but. We may have to joust at some point over the, uh, regarding the greatness of Dave Grohl. Oh, but my gosh. That, I'm not going to. The Foo Fighters, every single one of their songs is the exact same song, and they're all terrible. <sighs> this is for a, for a different day. But you yeah. get a big uh, defense on uh, Green Day. I really don't have much of an opinion there. Do you? Uh, you're not a user of Spotify, are you? Uh, rarely. Okay, but you. I mean, you do. Did you get the? Uh, I've used it before. They just sent out yesterday, they sent out the email of uh, what you listened to the most during the entire year. You didn't get that email? Uh, if I have, I haven't seen it. Well, go look and see if you have it, because I think that would be funny for the next show to have a little compare and contrast on that, because my list was pretty hilarious. Compared we'll to the we'll garbage you listen to. 
Yeah, we'll table obviously. that. But the uh, what I was gonna where I was headed though is the the company I've worked for for the last uh, eight or nine years really. Uh, very conservative company. We don't really do Christmas parties big and uh, alcohol is never a factor. I mean, that that's just uh, what you did today's my mind can't even comprehend that as hosting it. Well, just as everything we, we, I was actually, uh, I was that, well, I'm not even going there, but three, four or five years ago, we, we had a Christmas party and they, they wanted to uh, try to make it a little bit more fun. Cause usually like our Christmas party is at a conference room at work and somebody, you know, we do like a little potluck or something and it's real low key and that's it. Well, they, they thought, you know, we we're not really allowed to spend a lot of money and we don't have, you know, we can't expense things. So they, they basically did this, like we're going to go rent out a room at a Mexican restaurant like a like kind of a private space and if you want to buy a margarita you're on your own but it's okay you know like that 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 was that was the extent of what they were condoning right they're not supplying it but you know what if you want to have a margarita at three o'clock on a friday on a work day we're we're not going to fire you for it like that was that was pretty much the extent of it so literally everybody had one margarita like nobody was tearing it up well they they decided they, they had a little microphone in there because the, the bosses were making some remarks. And then they said, you know, well, let's let's pass the microphone around and tell uh, everybody tell their their favorite uh, Christmas memory. Very generic. Sounds dangerous. Have you already. ever done this? Yeah. Well, you know what? Yeah, I Actually, think... uh, going back to our uh, another episode callback, I, I told a uh, a the story of the Christmas that, uh, I got my junior dragster and, uh, brought down the house. It was great. Told the whole story. Well, there was one guy that nobody really liked that worked there and he'd only been there about six months and, and, uh, he got a hold of the microphone and I, I'm not making this up, but he, and I'm telling you like this was you, you maybe spent a minute with the mic and you said, gosh, you know, remember when I was a kid, I really wanted this bike and my dad got it for me and I was so excited and Merry Christmas. And you pass the bike to the next one. Well, this guy gets the mic, not doing a bit. And it's like, well, I don't really have any, any good Christmas memories. Cause, uh, my dad got drunk a lot around Christmas and he's just slapped my brother and I around quite a bit. And, um, Whoa, really? I remember one, I remember one, one Christmas where, uh, he couldn't remember our names, you know. He said, my name was Jim, and his name was Jeff, my brother. And and uh, he put a present under the tree, and he had written it to Jimph on there because he couldn't remember which one of us it was for. Wow. Merry Christmas. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and yeah. literally, like, <laughs> pretty much just dropped, dropped the mic after that. Did you grab the mic? We're like, so what, what was in the present? <laughs> Yeah. Was it good? What did he get you? So was it really for you or for your brother? I mean, come on, tell us about it. So what if you had somebody there that didn't celebrate Christmas? What do, what do they do? Well, listen, this is Trump's America, okay? So if you don't celebrate Christmas... Get out? Yeah. Just go climb over the wall and go back to Mexico. Or Canada. Wow. Just... Uh, did you must have signed the screen really quickly there. 
Yeah, I didn't really call. You're for definitely the ball, taking man. control. Yeah, so uh, that was just my thought. That's what I thought where you were going. That the guy was gonna say, "Well, um, I don't really celebrate Christmas, so I don't have any Christmas memories." I think that would have been better than what he did go with. <laughs> I, I'm known here at this conservative company as the first Muslim. <laughs> so what wow, is so what is that guy's end game there? I really don't know. That guy actually. The company I work for, it's almost impossible to get fired from, and he got fired about six months later, and he's, to this day, the only person that I could say straight up got fired. Like, every, you know, there's been other people that have been sent packing, but it's always been packaged around a, a layoff or a reorganization or, or something. Uh, this guy got actually fired, and uh, I remember... Uh, I had to help clean out his office and I opened his file cabinet uh, where he had told the HR director that, you know, escort him. I said, well, all, all the files for my open projects are in this filing cabinet. And I opened it up and there was literally nothing in there. There was a couple of <laughs> folded up t-shirts and a, a coffee cup that said, God bless our troops, especially the snipers. And that was all that was in that filing cabinet. So to this day, we don't know what the guy did the whole time he was there. And a wrapped, he worked on unopened the present Pinsky file. <laughs> yeah, that said to Jim. He's had a, a two from that just said from, from dad on it. That's all he had. Oh, uh, well, poor guy. Yeah, but let's uh, certainly be in our thoughts yeah, and prayers. Let's, let's hold a good thought for old Jim. Uh, la- the so, last I heard, he uh, he. Uh, went on to try to uh, get a job as a karate instructor, and he was uh, he looked like Rich Phillips, exactly like <laughs> Rich Phillips. All right. The thing that I took from it was uh, it being a conservative company and someone that's really conservative that's telling someone that uh, it's okay to drink. Picking the margarita seems like the most generic drink like to encourage someone that's okay, like – Hey, if you want to drink, it's okay for you to have a margarita. You know, yeah, I mean, it's, like it's really almost like having a—it's like having a snow cone. I mean, come on, right? I mean, it's just—it's <laughs> like nothing. I mean, it's not like it's not like anybody was standing up there holding a, a knob creek on the rocks, being like, "Hey, let's uh, hey, sing our favorite Christmas songs here." You know, Glenn, back to your Christmas party. Did you play uh, Hot Shot or whatever the basketball game is? Uh, no, I didn't. I did not. Uh, there was no gaming on my part going on today. I took a I took a hard pass on that. His 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 power card was used to power him with Knob Creek. <laughs> yeah, I was like, can I use this here? I was gonna say, <laughs> doesn't it have some some value? A fun experiment on that game is is play it when you get there, and then play it four Knob Creeks later, and just compare scores. Yeah. Okay. You surprisingly writing this down may, for future reference may may do better because uh, that game uh, it's kind of got the carnival rim. Sometimes a few few knob creeks help you. All Papa Shot games are trash because really all you need to do is like throw the ball as hard as you can at the backboard <laughs> and just get it to to bounce in every time. Oh, uh, we might have a serious injury on the field here, you guys. Did you see Michael Bennett got a penalty for 
pelvic thrusting a little while ago. I know, and now he's down. It was pretty awesome. He was given deep uh, thrusts. Haven't we all? Wow. Okay, we need to get away from the live coverage of this Thursday night football game. That's a fair point. Well, And on to something more important, if in fact there is anything. I was going to say, we've been recording for almost an hour and 20 minutes, so maybe the answer to that question is there's not anything more important at this yeah. point. Well... I guess maybe my last thing is just stay hard, Michael Bay. <laughs> I'll just tell so you guys, next, I will take a uh, full report on the uh, the somewhat gloomy Christmas party for tomorrow night and uh, report back on that, let you know how uh, out of hand things get. So if we're gonna Excellent. if we're gonna preview episode twenty six, then we'll get uh we'll get Dave's report on the Christmas party. We'll. Uh, Spend about 30 minutes eulogizing Michael Bennett and then spend, what, like an hour or 15 on the next couple episodes of Friday Night Lights? You get you get five minutes <laughs> on Friday Night Lights, and that's, and that's it. All right, well, I'm going to use them wisely. All right, well, until then, uh, visit UncleRogersPicks.com. Uh, keep up with all of us on Twitter and uh, hold a good thought for Michael Bennett.